0: Welcome to the Tech Talk Show, an hour of news, views and discussion. Welcome to the show. Uh, Dan, great to see you again. Lovely to see you as well, Steve. It is, mate, yeah, as always. And uh, in the studio, we've got Colleen Wong. Hi, Colleen. Welcome to the show. Hi. And you're from Tech Tech 64. Yes, that's Um, right. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a minute. And also, we've got Andrew Brogdon. Andrew's from Stay Private. Hi, Andrew. Hi, how do you do? Yeah, great, thanks. Um, Obviously, we've got a bit of a theme around safety and security today, both on on wearables and, and on the internet, but... (laughs) <laughs> the number of ransomware attacks is growing all the time, Dan, isn't that it? It does seem to be. And uh, there's a latest one out called Petya, I think it's called. I think that's, Okay. Yeah. So um, I've been looking into that a little bit, and um, there are some basic things you can do to protect yourself, believe it is or it? not. And that's, first of all, you must use a reliable anti-malware software. So, a lot of people haven't got that because they think their firewall will be sufficient to protect them, which actually isn't the case. Mm -hmm. So, that's really important. Uh, Also, run a vulnerability checker, um, which is something like Eternal Blue Vulnerability, and that checks ways in and out of your system, which people don't know about, particularly around Windows, which is obviously quite vulnerable to this. Uh, The last one is make sure your Windows is up to date, and I know quite a few public bodies fell foul of that a a few weeks ago didn't they Mm. so yeah and also any patches are installed yeah yeah.
1: and I think it's important as well that if you get an odd email with an attachment or it's a it's a um, an email from a colleague or someone you know and it just doesn't look right and it's got an attachment don't open it
0: yeah that's really (laughs) uh, yeah and also I mean a lot of people don't turn their computers off and all the other issues so yeah really important so, anyway, that's enough about that. Ransomware's quite, you know, are you worried about it in terms of your technology?
2: Definitely. We have to, you know, always keep ahead of the game in terms of anything related to cybersecurity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And same for you, Andrew.
3: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. hopefully our product helps companies avoid <laughs> that, but we don't want to get caught ourselves. No, exactly.
0: It, yeah. Because yeah, it, it can be quite damaging for companies. So, Colleen, um, we spoke. A little while ago, actually, down at Olympia at the show, didn't we? Yes, we did. And it was great to hear about what you're doing. So tell tell me just a little bit about what, what is your product and what actually it's designed to do.
2: Sure. Um, so my product is the Gator Watch. Yep. And it is a wearable mobile phone and tracker made for kids between the ages of 5 and 10. Okay. And the reason why I developed this product is because there are more and more children who are accessing the Internet. They're accessing a lot of information that was never meant for young children.
0: Yeah, yeah, particularly that age, yeah.
2: And also um, just access to games, access to basically generally too much screen time. Yeah. So what the Gator watch is, it's a, so it's a mobile phone. Mm -hmm. The watch actually makes calls and receives calls, but only from, to and from designated users. So up to 13 family and friends. Right. It doesn't have the internet. It doesn't have social media. It doesn't have games. Okay. Yeah. So So it's a... It's a device where it keeps the family connected.
0: So it's got a GPRS. It works on GPRS or? Yes, it does. Yeah. So, and, and how long have you been developing the actual wearable?
2: So I had the idea in August 2015. Right. And I uh, started selling the watch in the market in April 2016. So quite so, quickly. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah.
0: And how hard was it actually to develop the actual watch itself? Where did you go to get it made or designed and then made?
2: Well, I went to um, Shenzhen in China where yep. most consumer electronics products are made. Yep. And uh, the development process was um, slightly quicker because I used to work in China before right, and okay. I also speak the language fluently. Okay. So it made that everything much quicker. Yeah, yeah I can yeah. imagine.
0: <laughs> was it hard to source a supplier out there though, or one that you felt would be reliable?
2: Um, again, I think perhaps <laughs> because I speak the language and um, I know the, the signs to look for. again made it much easier it's never ever easy you know to work with manufacturers um in another country in general so it does take a lot of time to kind of build that relationship so in the past year i would say i have basically tested the relationship with this manufacturer just to see you know are they trustworthy and so far so good
0: yeah i'm I'm really interested about that We'll, we'll talk more about the functionality in a minute but perhaps we talk more about the design first of all so um how quickly did you get to the point where you knew exactly the functionality of your wearable or the, the, the gator? How, how quickly did you know what you wanted it to do and not do? Did that take a while to develop?
2: Well, when I had the idea, I just knew I wanted something where I could stay connected to my children yep. without, you know, the dangers of the Internet, without the distractions of social media and games. So something, you know, back to basics. Mm-hmm, yep. Simplicity was what I was going after. Sure. And so with limited funds to actually start this business, I didn't start actually with a prototype. Right. I went straight to China. Mhm. I made hundreds of phone calls to manufacturers. I asked for samples. Mhm. I tested all of them out and I picked one where I thought this is as close, you know, as to you know, something that I wanted as possible. Right. And then what I did was I worked with them to develop product that I felt was of the highest, highest quality standard.
0: So tell us a little bit about the functionality then. So you've got a a, a watch, but there's a phone. So, oh great, you've got one there. <laughs> we'll, we'll get some of that on Periscope in a minute, Danny, We'll video it. So um, it's got microphone and earpiece incorporated into it?
2: Yes, that's right. It has mic and speaker installed. Yep. It's very simple. It has four buttons. Okay. One button is the on-off button. Yep. And you can also toggle it to tell the time. Okay. The second button is to basically call either mum or dad or, right. or you know, whichever person that the parents or guardians have pre-programmed.
0: Right. So that's like a one do. call emergency button.
2: That's right. Yeah. Um, so let me just, so that, for example. Yeah. So what Ooh. I've done, I've, I've pressed the button for three seconds and a picture of mum shows up on the screen. Okay. And so that makes the call to mum.
1: Right. And so, how many phones can, can it? Um, how many numbers, different numbers, can it call?
2: It can call up to thirteen.
1: Okay, wow, yeah, that's really good. And
2: then on the other side, there's an SOS button. Right. So if there is an emergency, the child presses the button, and what it does is it then calls three emergency numbers right. in sequence until someone picks it up. Okay. And then a, a notification will always uh, be seen in the app that something's up. Call mm. your child.
1: Brilliant. And, and so, so the watch has got, I think you said it uses um, GPRS, I presume it uses Wi-Fi hotspot and GPS as well to track.
2: Yes, that's right. It uses GPS outdoors. Yep. And then it uses a triangulation using Wi-Fi indoors. So with a minimum of three Wi-Fi hotspots, you can also be able to tell where your child is indoors as well.
0: Brilliant. So what, what was the light bulb moment that led you to want to design that?
2: So have, I'm you, actually, I'm... have you lost a child
0: or <laughs> did you do something?
2: <laughs> I haven't, no, but I'm a mum. I have two children. Um, they're now aged two and three. But when I took them to Bucket's Farm uh, last, uh, well, in 2015, yeah. in August, I basically saw a mum running around looking everywhere for her five or six-year-old son.
0: Yeah, I've had that myself. Actually. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Andrew's nodding yeah. as well. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that. Yeah.
2: And, um, you know, as much as, you know, being parents and we want to keep our eyes on our kids, you know, we blink and they're fast.
0: Yeah. And well. so
2: that moment when I saw that mum running around frantically looking for her child, I thought, well, that could have been me. Mm. And that was it. That was the moment.
0: I've also had a few friends like that that I've lost (laughs) on a night out and actually be quite good if, if I could get some device on them. Yeah. Hopefully we could stay together a bit longer or reassemble at some point during the evening.
1: Or as soon as they left the area, just call the police.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) There's a a man on the loose.
1: (laughs)
2: Maybe that's a new market for me. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. yeah.
1: I I think you could be actually. So um, because it's for use with children, it can't have been easy designing something that A, was something they wanted to wear and felt comfortable with wearing and it wasn't too heavy, but also was easy to use.
2: Yes. And I'm still actually working on figuring out the exact answer to that. Um, Developing this, I think it was more from the perspective of the parent from when I first started. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was more about, you know, would the parent find that they're getting extra peace of mind, knowing that they can connect with their child. And so now what I'm focusing on is, yeah, what will make the child actually be excited to wear this? Too many children are just used to too many fun things, right, on on their devices. And so um, it's about, yeah, what else can I do that's off screen that will make it exciting for them? So one thing I've come up with um, is to do partnerships with attractions here in the UK. So for example, with Hobbledown Farms in Surrey, we've done it so that, whoever wears the Gator Watch will get 20% off
0: Okay. Um,
2: to go to Hobbledown. And that makes the parents happy. But at the same time, you know, if we can expand that attraction list to include the Lego Legoland's, you know, yeah. Peppa Pig World's, um, yeah. places that excite the children. Because they
0: must spend a fortune on rounding up stray kids and trying to they reunite do. them with their parents.
2: They do. And yeah. when I spoke to the guys who headed up Hobbledown Farms, they were like, this is a fantastic idea. We can save so much time looking yeah. for the lost children.
0: Can I actually have a look? Of course. Awesome. I mean, it's incredibly light. The initial thing is it's very light,
1: isn't yeah,
2: it? Yeah, it's, um, it's the weight of a Kit Kat.
0: Is it? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an
0: important thing to know. That's why, the, <laughs> that's why they have got so few calories in them. There's nothing, <laughs> they're just air. <laughs> that's really good. Um, very uh, usable. Heavy, I would say it's not heavy duty, but quite durable, the, the strap and everything else. And how long does the battery last?
2: It lasts for four days on a full charge.
0: Wow. Okay. So it's just a plug-in charge?
2: It's a magnetic charger. Magnetic with, charger. With USB.
0: Okay. Any games on it?
2: No games. Oh.
0: You think <laughs> a little game on there might be a bit... <laughs> no snake or something like that?
2: No, no. Um, I think I really just want to keep it simple. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to, you know, say, you know, definitely there won't be anything simple going forward. It's just that I think if I did introduce one game, there would be a likelihood of, yeah, requests for more games. Looks really good, doesn't
0: yeah, it? Yeah, well the trouble is it also it's keeping it current. It would never be current, would it? So exactly. it would be really hard.
2: Exactly. So cost for me as a startup is key.
0: So um obviously you're looking at some sort of um not affinity scheme, but almost a, a, a reward scheme for people to wear them. Um how else are you marketing? What 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 have you learned over the year They're trying to promote what you've got?
2: Well, um, The biggest milestone that I've hit this year was launching at John Lewis um, in April. Okay. So that's been a big game changer for me. Sure. You know, with the John Lewis brand behind me, Mm -hmm. that is giving parents a lot of confidence in the product. And I just spoke to a customer this morning, actually, um, who called me to offer me advice, you know, because he works in the digital space. Um, And he was just saying how he decided to buy the product because it was, you know, being sold at John Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, so well, that,
0: I mean, we do have lots of guys and, and, and companies on here that talk about how they how can they break into various markets. Was that just perseverance with John Lewis, or did you happen to have a contact?
2: Well, I worked. I, I do work now with a uh, consumer electronics distribu- a distribution company. Right, they're actually a, fi- a Fortune 500 company out of the U.S., but I work with their UK arm. And as a startup, what I found is if you don't work with a distribution company. The payment terms for each individual retailer make it almost impossible right. for the startup to stay, you know, in business. Yeah. So when I started working with these guys, who I met at a at the wearables technology show in two thousand and six, uh, two thousand and fifteen, that has been a, you know, that's changed everything for me as well. So it's through these guys that now I'm uh, the watch is being sold at John Lewis. It's now at Amazon, and they're talking to other retailers as well. So it's opening up a lot of doors.
1: Yeah, it's fascinating. And one of the um, interesting bits of um, uh, functionality I saw in it is it has safe zones. And one of my, um, one of our sort of family stories is what, um, one of my sisters, when she was younger, I think she was about six, she managed to get out of the, the garden and caught a bus to Folkestone. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On her own. Yeah. And so that sort of thing wouldn't be um, possible using this, you know, with, with, if the safe zone barrier had been set up. Obviously. Yes.
2: and But to, to clarify as well, though, the safe zone barrier, the minimum... Um, diameter that you can actually put into your phone is 200 meters. Mm -hmm. So you couldn't actually create the safe zone, for example, around the house. Because the watch goes in and out of the house Mm -hmm. and rough, you know, to the rough boundaries too often, and the parents will be alarmed constantly. So we kind of had to work out what was the minimum um, distance to include for the safe zone for it to be safe. Mm. Um, so yeah it's 200 meters so if you're going to let's say a festival that would work perfectly yeah,
0: yeah sure yeah so how would you program that in
2: so it's in the app right so you go into the gator app mm-hmm. and uh, you just go to safe zones and then you just toggle the um the the diameter that you want the safe zone okay. safe zone to be in.
0: around a particular area that's right all right um and with the app, was that difficult to commission or were you was that relatively straightforward?
2: So that was something that the manufacturer had already created.
0: Oh right, as well as so the package with the watch. That's right, that's
2: yeah. right. So what I did was I modified it with them. Right. Because um when the Chinese do an app, they don't actually do it, you know, with the with the intention of it being used overseas. So there require there needs to be a lot of modification right. and a lot of, you know, change in the language and whatnot. So that's what I spent basically eight months doing with them. Um, going through the app and making sure that it was as user-friendly as it could be and to the quality standards expected yes. here in the UK. Yeah.
0: Mm. yeah. So, um, yeah, my, my daughter was a bit of a runaway as well. Was she? Yeah, <laughs> she was terrible. And particularly, she'd go wandering in the mornings before we were up. So we wandering in the mornings? Yeah, she, we found her in the log shed once. <laughs> so I, I don't know why she wanted to go in there, but yeah. Uh, but that wouldn't have alerted there. But at least we've been able to track where she was.
2: Well, if you're inside the shed, you would need the minimum of three Wi-Fi hotspots
0: to track right, okay. where she is. Yeah.
2: So what you could do is call her.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she yeah. wouldn't and The phone would ring. <laughs> She's 19 now. She yeah. never answers the phone. <laughs> <laughs> you could call, text, whatever you want. You're not going to get a reply. But yeah. Um, yeah. So was uh, I'm just thinking about schools. Have you had any feedback from schools about their feeling about the? The watch or the, the Gator?
2: Um, it's still such a new product mm-hmm. that the schools aren't sure, you know, does it fit into the category of a smartphone yeah. where most schools ban um, such devices or is it a watch? So there are some schools that ban all smartphones. Yeah. Um, some parents just wouldn't tell them that this is a smartphone. Well, it's not actually. No. Right. Um, but for the schools that ban watches, then yes, they'll probably take it because it is a watch at the end of the day. So it is still something that we're working on and we're in discussions with schools and parents all the time. Yes. But when the child wears the gator watch in class, there's no way they can be distracted.
0: No, there's nothing on there, is there? There's nothing on there. It's not a normal watch. Exactly.
2: And the only people that can call them would know they are in school and they shouldn't call them.
0: Yeah yeah so it's only yeah,
2: so, so okay yeah,
1: and we have a number of um, sort of guests and, and listeners as well that are you know could be launching um a new a new device or a new wearable. Have you got any advice now you've been sort of de- developed the device in a few years down that you wish you could give yourself or give other people that are looking to launch something?
2: Um, definitely the fir- <laughs> the most important thing is to listen to what your target market needs and wants from mm-hmm. that product. Um, I think a lot of people develop a lot of really cool gadgets and, you know, a lot of things with a lot of features. But at the end of the day, does that user, does that customer who's paying for it actually need it? Hmm. And so um, I think it's, it's constant that you have to keep asking the customer the same question. Even now, I talk to customers every single day just to make sure I understand what they want. And I think that's the key thing. If this is what they want and they're willing to part money to actually have it, then go for it.
0: Yeah. This hmm. no, yes. looks fantastic to me. And and I, I say, I, I noticed how busy you were when I saw you at the show uh, late last <laughs> year, I think. yeah. <laughs> so it obviously was things are going well, and you talked a lot about um, John Lewis then, which is a real, I think that's a real coup for your company to be able, be able to get listed there. So yeah, I think that's fantastic. Yeah, great. So um, it's tech64.com. That's right. But in uh, letters... Not numbers. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so great. Well, thank you for joining us. It's been a really great to hear about the yeah. wearable tech. Yeah, yeah it's fascinating. Yeah, thank brilliant. you. Well, it's that time of the show where we're going to go to unboxing. <laughs> Dan has the box. I don't. Danny has the <laughs> box. Sorry about that.
1: That's okay. All right. All right.
0: So, well, so uh, let's just did Danny explain what unboxing's about, both of you? Yeah, yeah. yes, he did. He did. Okay. So, first of all, we have a huge box,
1: it is pretty big. And what's on there? Um, Shiatsu percussion massager belt.
0: Mm. Mm. That sounds interesting.
1: Okay.
0: Got to try and get in the box. There we go. So, uh, the box is very um, minimalist, it's white with just a very small amount of orange on it. Huge box, actually, Dan. It
1: is, pretty big. Yeah. There's a charger.
0: There's a charger. I bet it, I bet it's not charged up, though, do you? No. Nah. No. And then it's like it's the world's wow. largest belt. <laughs> oh my God, what is it?
1: I think it might be for an elephant or something. It's
0: like a superhero uh, backpack or something.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, 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 some bits are falling out. So Dan's so excited to get in there.
1: Oh, 12 volt charger 12-volt as well. charger, yeah. okay. So you can use it in the car?
0: Yeah. Uh, oh, that looks like some form of head. What? I oh, don't no. know the
1: strange sort of velcro covering.
0: Okay. Want... And the instructions are there, are they? Uh, oh, th- yeah. yeah, sorry, yeah. they're there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's have a quick look then. All oh, cracking. Okay. Uh, right. The good
0: thing is, if it's in Mandarin, we'll be okay, <laughs> won't we? <laughs> We'll Actually,
2: no. <laughs> I can speak it. I can it. Oh, you can't read it. Oh, oh dear. Uh, right.
0: Okay. Uh, well, Dan, you know what this means. <laughs> yeah. Headphones off and get it on.
1: Yeah. I need to, oh, I need to plug it in. Okay.
0: Let me get that for you. So describe, we haven't described what's in front of us, so you need to describe exactly okay, what so
1: it is. Okay, so it's uh, um, a big black um, belt it looks like a, almost like a um, you'd have like a bum bag I suppose yes but just a larger
0: proportion it's massive actually. <laughs> it, is pretty it massive, really yeah. is uh, yeah, and it weighs heavy? yeah it weighs pass quite, it round.
1: Uh, yeah. so I was looking entry. at the um, I was looking at the instructions quickly and it says there's a number of places you can hold it it's over your neck and shoulder you can drape it over there would um, you
0: would you want that on your neck and shoulder for sure no, no, no I'm not you either. can do
1: your lower back um, but also your buttocks and thighs.
0: Nice. Yep. Yeah, so I'll be. That's um... nice. That, you're not putting that on your buttocks. Oh, <laughs> other people have got to put it on after you. <laughs> you ruin
1: all my fun. You really do.
0: <laughs> so uh, it's it's um, it looks okay, doesn't it? I mean, what do you did the appearance. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than <laughs> the sheer size and weight of it, but. So Dan is now going to plug it in, but yep. he's going to stand up. Oh. Yeah. He's got his headphones off, so he can't hear what I'm saying very well. But you're not putting it around your neck, are you? No, yeah, I'm going to try yeah. it. Like oh, okay. There's some um, buttons on the side. Okay, so, uh, uh, yeah, button- power Ooh. on. There we go. It oh. actually seems to be missing the spot somewhat. <laughs> well, it's not doing it for me, Steve. No, it's <laughs> not. So they actually, uh, you don't know this, but they're illuminated. Are they? There's, uh, yeah, come yeah. God, it's, yeah. A
1: bit, it's a bit fr- freaky. Yeah, it is a
0: bit freaky. Um, I'm going to try one of the other buttons. Okay, uh, oh. that stops oh. it. Oh, no, it goes back the other way. okay. I think you should put it on your lower back.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, right. So. Let's just turn it off for a second. All right, yeah. I'm gonna have to stand up then.
0: Yeah, okay. Does it velcro on? How does uh, it go oh on?
1: yeah, maybe that velcro has something to do with it. Let's get that. What, no,
0: this what's is Dang, no, that's that is not, not, gonna not gonna work. Gonna work is is
2: well, it? Or do you think you can take out one of the sides? Yeah. Side pieces? Yeah. Out. No, they. No, they
1: stay in like
2: that. Oh. you would just think just think it to in,
1: Oh, just gonna have to hold it, aren't I? There we go. Okay. Just uh, no, no. Very li- very light he, on the own instructions.
0: He's terrible with instructions. Do you want to have a look?
4: Sure. Oh.
0: Oh. how's that feel? <laughs> strange you have a strange look on your face. Does it? it doesn't remind you of anything <laughs> else? Does it? No, no. It's quite. And having having
1: to stand here holding oh. it onto my back while you're yeah. watching me is a bit peculiar.
0: Yeah, it does seem a bit odd. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I can hear it whirring away. Is there a heat button as well?
1: I, I think there is. Yeah, I don't really want to find it though.
0: <laughs> it's already hot enough in here as it is. Let alone with.
1: No, that doesn't tell us anything.
0: That's just. Uh, but, um, is it, that a guarantee?
2: Oh, it certainly works.
0: Okay, it certainly works. So it does let's do that. Put it on the desk, and we can actually see it in all its glory.
2: Ah, uh, the heating is that fourth button.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's got three, uh, four buttons on site: on, off.
2: Yeah, on off, and oh. then B is the positive and reverse function. Yeah. Yep, so. C is strength, and then D is heating.
0: Okay. Well, I'm not sure I could wear that, Dan. It looks um, too heavy. It looks too complicated. And, and I don't
1: understand how it's. Well, as we were all saying, I don't understand how you meant to wear it when no. it. No. Um, and what that thing no. is for, I don't know.
0: And Colleen, it's a, it's an example of things coming, you know, coming to market that really is gimmick.
2: Well, yeah, and would people you know, part with their hard-earned money yes. to have.
3: Exactly. So that's
0: Andrew, the question Andrew. that I
2: ask myself.
3: Yeah, it's not for me.
0: Okay. <laughs> so, um, no, not for me either. <laughs> so what we're going to do is try and guess how much it costs. Danny's on there. So I'll, I'll kick that off. Oh, Dan, uh, Dan you go first. I'm going to say 55 pounds. 55 pounds? Yeah. Okay. Andrew? I was going to say 50. 50 pounds, yeah. Colleen?
2: 99.
4: 99?
0: <laughs> I'm going to go 35 i think that's it's 35 quids worth all day long yeah, <laughs> yeah i do yeah have you got the inside line on no this or i haven't so
4: producer danny tell us what we've got it's so this unbelievable piece of technology <laughs> um it's got eight deep kneading massage and heat applied to neck massage shoulder back massage foot massage basically a full body massage um hang on Fo- yeah.
0: how are you going to put that on your foot <laughs> how does that work
4: Mm. I only read the, what it says in front. Yeah. Okay. Uh, although I'm not averse to to Dan showing us if he wants. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, can be used in the office, in the vehicle, or at home. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. It says it's a great great as a gift. <laughs> um, and you can. Yeah, it's pretty much all, all let's say right. now. it's saying. it's it's wonderful. Let's
0: go to the money.
4: <laughs> I'm quite surprised by the uh, the. The, the guesses, uh, Steve, especially your guess, because yeah. you weren't far off at all. So it was thirty-five, ninety-five. Well, You're not well, joking, yeah, oh, wow! Yeah,
0: thirty-five pounds. There's a lot of something in it for thirty-five quid, but yeah. it doesn't actually do much. So um, the only decision left to make is whether you'd uh, put it back in the box or whether it rocks. So um, Andrew, I think I'd put it back in the box. Yes.
2: I'd put it back in the box, I'm afraid.
0: You'd definitely hand it back wherever you got it from. And I would definitely throw it back in that <laughs> box. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a unanimous no. Yeah, definitely. So, anyway. Um, right, what we're going to do now, Dan, is um, we went to uh, Accelerate the other week, yep, didn't Tech we? Accelerate, Tele- yeah. And um, we had some great interviews. And what we're going to do is go to a pre-record that was recorded there a few weeks ago. I can't wait. So um, I'm joined by Sergey from Voltaire and um, Sergey, I must be the laziest consumer for electricity in the country. Um, I've never changed supplier. I couldn't tell you what appliances are using in my house and I'm losing out in two ways, aren't I? One is I'm paying too much and I'm probably using too much electricity. Is that right?
5: Yeah, that's for sure you are. Um, so there are a couple of ways um, you can cut your electricity bills. And um, the, the way we approach this problem is uh, we have a sensor which sits on the electricity mains, just one for a house. And it splits basically a consumption in appliance details in real time. So you would be able to see where the, it's, you're drawing your electricity from. Uh, and then you can take action Uh, actually we're putting electricity bill in your control in your hands so it's up to you to decide whether you want to spend more or you can save so now it's becoming completely transparent
0: now Voltaware not only allows me to know how much we're using but it also tells me how much it's costing is that right
5: yeah exactly so we have six and a half thousand tariffs in the system already So we actually give you not only kilowatt hours, but spent per appliance daily, weekly, monthly. So you can get it online in your app or also on the desktop version. Uh, But also, it's a system which actually giving you control of what's going on in your home because we all use electricity every day. And if you're away, you will be able to see what's going on there. So for your mom, for example, you would be able to see if she's, uh, you know, waking up early to do her kettle, to, d- to drink her tea. Uh, so it's a lot of activity control things, security, safety. If you've left your iron on when you go to work, you'll be able to see. Yeah. Um, and is it more directed at uh, consumer use in the home or, or for business owners as well to cut down on their bills? It's actually both. So for the homeowners, we've got very user-friendly app. Um, But also for business users, we have a three-phase sensor, let's say coffee shops. Um, You can compare the coffee shops, appliance group by appliance groups. So to challenge them to rate the best ones and the least least efficient ones. And then you can take action to decrease the bill. And it's really makes sense for the businesses even more than for the homeowners. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's a huge cost to businesses. And I assume it gives them the ability to compare uh, site against site, time of day against time of day across their whole uh, range of premises.
5: Yes, it does. Uh, obviously, this is a system which is actually central part of analytics for energy management companies, for their internal energy managers, um, for people like chains and uh, shopping malls, etc., to understand where the energy is flowing and to stop it and to optimize.
0: So uh, let's talk a little bit about the tech that sits behind it. So you have a central uh, incoming monitoring system that's on the main then then you're able to Wi-Fi connect or look at what's happening on every appliance?
5: Yeah so basically you put the sensor in five minutes non-intrusively then the system starts machine learning your appliances, your usage for about a week uh, we read 5,000 events, it's event-based system, so whenever you switch something on or off, it's an event for us. So normally it's a, it takes a week. Then after that, we load appliances into your system and we say, okay, we have identified 10, 15, 20, whatever appliances in your home or in a coffee shop or wherever. And then you can use the system, you can tag them and you can track them.
0: So how? Does it need manual intervention to know what appliance is what appliance, or is it done through some sort of machine learning code or something?
5: So what we do, we machine learn and we cluster, and our job is always to match correctly the next event with what we have already seen in the system. So we have used your washing machine a couple of times, so we've built this cluster, and then next time you use washing machine we say, oh, That's appliance two or three, whatever number it is, and then all you need as a user is just to name it once and forever, and then it becomes absolutely automatic system from now on.
0: And that's because of the power usage profile of that particular appliance, you're able to track it every time?
5: So because we sample in high frequency, uh, so it's 2,000 times per second, so we are able to get up to 30 uh, data points for every switch on or off. So we can track not only uh, delta of power usage, but also harmonics, transient state from zero to one, or one to zero. So we actually take a number of parameters to understand what it is. So each appliance becomes life animal for us in 3D.
0: So um, from your experience with the people you've uh, installed with, What's been the most surprising appliance that has taken power when people thought it wasn't taking power?
5: So there are two main surprising appliances. One is the fridge, because people never think about it as the main consumer, but it is uh, because it's switched on 24-7, 365. If you think about it, it's a low volt, low power, but it's always on. Uh, and the second largest, I would say, it's uh, an immersion heater, electrical heater for water, which is in the UK a big thing, normally it works in parallel with the gas, and in my house for example that's consuming 60%, so I just switched it off and I cut my bill 60%.
0: That's amazing. So, um, you've got Wi-Fi connectivity at the moment, so people can use either website, app to monitor remotely and uh, within, the ha- within the home or building. Um, where do you think, or what areas are you looking to develop in the future?
5: So we're also making the uh, system available for NB-IoT, LTM, and GSM. So we're integrating those protocols. Um, we uh, basically this is a comprehensive product which will be used, you know, throughout any connectivity platform in the world, whatever provider it is.
0: Well, I hope you have a great show. Where can people get more information about VoltAware?
5: So it's a VoltAware.com, our website, and you have quite a user friendly and comprehensive information there. You can download and see our videos, very short but insightful. And uh, obviously, you can uh, buy our sensors.
0: Well, thank you for joining us and have a great show. Good luck.
1: So we're at day two of um, Tech Accelerate at the Excel Center. Um, I'm joined by Sue Nelson. Hello, Sue.
6: Hi there, some great stuff here, isn't there? Actually, is mind-boggling. I I think it's amazing, some of this there. So we've got got artificial intelligence, we've got robotics, we've got virtual reality. We're just submerged in all this stuff today.
1: It's it's fascinating. I haven't had a chance to have a good look around yet, but I'm going to have a look around soon, and it really is a big show. Um, We're joined by Armand Didier from Kazendi. Morning Armand, um, perhaps you could tell us a bit about Kazendi and, and what you do?
7: Yeah, sure. So um, Kazendi, so we are a Lean Innovation Studio based in London, uh, so we are specialised in developing apps for the HoloLens, uh, so for the mixed reality uh, uh, market. Um, we also specialise in fast prototyping, so, which means we develop uh, an app from idea to uh, a usable uh, product in two weeks. Uh, user, just
6: say that again in two weeks
7: yes. wow so yeah in two weeks we uh, meet with the clients um, get their, their requirements and in two weeks time we develop the app uh, that shows the basic principle of, um, of what they want and you work a lot with the,
1: um, the Holler lens as well don't you is, is there a particular choice where you went down that
7: technology um, well it's, um, it's well developed <laughs> first uh, but we are we are not related at all with microsoft mm-hmm. it's just um, just a choice yeah of technology uh.
6: and that's and that's because they've 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 ironed out quite a lot of bugs and they're, they're a bit, bit further along i mean personally i'm not a great fan of microsoft and i try and avoid it with you know as much as i can which i'm sure i'll get loads of twitter <laughs> <laughs> harassment for that but 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 as far as you're concerned that, at the moment that's the best technology
7: yeah 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 it is
1: so, so, what can um, uh, mixed reality through the Hololens offer us that that, that sort of straight VR or um, doesn't?
7: Well, as the as the name says, it's mixed reality. So you're not you're not anymore in a in a virtual world uh, where where you, you escape completely uh, your closed environment. Suddenly you you, you bring some virtual elements uh, into into the room you are in, uh, into the streets you 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 walk in, and and it gives actually finally uh, a a wider dimension than just having a a completely uh, virtual world around you.
6: So, so um, I remember watching the James, latest James Bond film, not the last one, the one before. I know you're looking at me quizzically here, Dan, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, thinking, where is this going? <laughs> um, and uh, I, I remember that, 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 that the, um, the director and the producer deliberately decided not to use CGI because they really wanted to create this feeling that you know, that, that he was on the motorbike and he could die at any minute and it was all sort of... You know, and I think there's, there's, I think there's some really interesting things about that. And then, of course, so many of us are so used to, to having CGI, which, in my mind, is almost where mixed reality is, in that you've almost got a film and then you're, you're enhancing it or adding to it with CGI. And it's the same with virtual reality and aug- augmented reality, isn't it? You've, you, you're, you're immersed in this world, but actually augmented reality, if you combine it with that, can add some some interesting characteristics. But like the James Bond film, you don't want to go over the top, because actually it starts to become unreal. Does that make sense?
7: Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you don't know how to reply to that. <laughs> no? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
6: but, but I think what, 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 uh, that's where the skill with somebody like you lies, is, is making sure that you use the best technology, but actually it's a great experience.
7: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the aim is to have uh, some, yeah. I would say the difference between like movies and uh, and <laughs> what we do mixed reality is that um, uh, well mixed reality you, you leave it so 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 yeah it's way more I- so there's no like um, it's not like using CGI is a kind of uh, a cheating like for movies like you, you said for change um, in in mixed reality uh, using this is actually uh, not, not using. Uh, CGI is would be cheating, yeah, you see what I mean?
6: And, and, and what you're doing is, uh, what you're saying is, you are completely immersed in it. And I think what, what a lot of the film studios are trying to do is trying to work out how they get that virtual reality experience when, when you go and watch a film. And they, I think they're still struggling with that, don't mm. you, Dan?
1: It does seem like it. And, and um, 3D doesn't seem to have taken off. It's still, you know, just a bit of a gimmick. So. But also,
6: we're British. We don't like sitting there with those stupid glasses on. It's <laughs> <is> quite embarrassing.
1: <laughs> I wear glasses, and all my glasses are stupid. So. I did think that. <laughs> so. <laughs> so recently, um, uh, Microsoft launched their new super fast um, Xbox One X, confusingly named, uh, and it's and it's you know it's, it's got super fast processing power. It's got um, sixty frames a second, I think. You know, um, uh, graphics processing. Um, but in the launch, they didn't really mention anything about VR, and they didn't seem to sort of mention having, uh, you know, like the, S- the Sony VR. They didn't seem to have a VR option. Do you think this is that they're moving? That there's a move away from that, and so mixed reality is going to be more in- involved in gaming, or do you think they're missing a trick? Um,
7: no, maybe they. I, th- I think they will just take two, two different paths. Um, so I think it's so. Before what um, what would be used to do like um, several uh, several applications uh, in games or VR or whatever, uh, now they actually take different paths and um, to fully uh, be developed in the, in their field.
6: And what's the uh, what's the most? Uh, I, I, you can't actually mention a client because you might get into trouble. What's the most exciting thing that you've been working on recently that, that you know you're you're really proud of? Hmm.
4: Um,
7: well. Obviously, every project is exciting because uh, it's like, no, they're all different. So, we've worked with uh, uh, data visualization, uh, brand awareness, uh, operation. Um, So, I I guess every project has its own difficulties and its own uh, challenges. Um, Yeah, so.
6: Oh, I think you need to work for the diplomatic service, more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm just wondering: so, um, what sort of what sort of um, uh, sectors are you working with at the moment, and, and and is that range of sectors expanding as more companies um, are, are sort
7: of wanting to embrace w- what can be offered through sort of mixed reality? Um, so actually, we see more and more uh, of data visualization uh, projects coming. in. Um, because I think uh, so. At the beginning, there was a lot of. Uh, more like brand awareness projects. Uh, okay, you, you see uh, uh, holograms. It's uh, like visually really attractive. Uh, but now they they start uh, to realize that it, it offers uh, new ways to, um, to 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 assess data, to uh, explore data, and to and for example for businesses to, to take better decisions and faster. Uh, so yeah, data visualization is definitely um, imaginable.
6: That's the future. Not only do you need your data, you actually need to explain it really, you know, really easily, don't you? So,
1: excellent. Okay, so um, thank you very much, Amon. Um Perhaps you could um, tell us a website or something where people can have a, um, find more
7: about Kazendi. Sure. So you can go on uh, kazendi.com and uh, contact us anytime if you need a, a, a mixed reality app. Armand, thank you very much.
0: Well, that was a great pre-record, Dan, wasn't it? Yeah, it's always interesting interesting to hear what's going on. And that was a particularly good show because there were quite a lot of other things going on. Um, There was a lot around um, safety. And actually, that brings us into Andrew, who's Andrew uh, Brogdon, who's the founder of Stay Private. Andrew, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, It's great to see you and thanks for joining us. So um, Stay Private, perhaps you could just explain exactly what it is
3: yeah I mean we're here to try and make the internet a safer place where people can communicate knowing that their communications stay private. Um, the original idea came three years ago. Uh, my background's finance, and my co-founder's background is finance and right. we were trying to we were trying to use modern communication to do financial services sales and there was no real way of doing it properly. I mean you could use email here and there, but it just wasn't appropriate so we set about um, building essentially a platform that would have a you know, include apps and all the various things you'd require to communicate um, privately. And uh, there's been various iterations along the way. And uh, where we've got to now is we've got a we've got a business product called Quorum, which enables businesses to communicate with their clients without sending all their client data across the internet. Right. Um, and uh, and we've got uh, a personal product called Synced Up, which is a personal equivalent. And we've also, you know, interestingly, got um, a children's product called ChatFoss, which allows children to chat and do sort of social media type things but within a very close-knit group so um, so we've come a long way actually. So how long ago did you start the company? About three years ago. Right and, and
0: it initially it was a sort of financial services or you used your skill from that for that sort of arena to come across. That's this. right yes yes so, I
3: mean it, so it grew out of a need case we were we were working on a product um, for a large um, insurance company and the challenge was how do we sell this product and show we've sold it properly. And, uh, and one of the challenges is always, we well, produce all this documentation and everyone signs it, but it's a bit meaningless. Mm. So we said, no, we need to be able to get the train of the conversation. And this was the, the inspiration. And the initial inspiration was what we would do a video-based product. Right. And uh, we actually had a colleague who'd set up a video company at the time. And, um, and we had video in the product. And then, bit by bit, we've had to take functionality out of the product to actually fit to what people need right now. Sure. Yeah, mm. yeah,
1: yeah. And how do you ensure the um, security of the data?
3: Well, um, I mean, the way it works is it's all kept securely on our servers up in the cloud, and then um, and then we just we send through essentially a smart link that contains the right information, so the person can get through the portal to the right point, and then they protect their own information with a pin, a four-digit pin. So the idea is that it should be as safe as your email, plus a four-digit pin, and then obviously we've got all the you know all the military grade encryption all the right stuff and all the you know and tier 4 data centers all those sort of things and all the jargon and what have you and round our stuff but uh, but yeah the the main the main, the main key is that the, the user should just protect their own four digit pin and how different are the three different product products that you uh, produce well the the personal uh, the Syn- sync up and quorum are pretty similar products quorum mm-hmm. the difference is that with quorum the company retains ownership of all the data Right. So, the company controls the environment. So, whenever they send or receive an email, it's sort of on their terms. With yeah. Synced Up, it's the individual who can t- controls the data. So, the individual owns their own data. If they share something with someone, they can always pull that back later. Sure. And then ChatFOSS is a little bit different in that we're protecting the user rather than the data. Right. So, in ChatFOSS, it's impossible for anyone to find anyone else on okay. the system. People have to sort of swap usernames right. in order to communicate. So, it's slightly that, different.
0: Yeah. So, what came first? The company
3: based one? The company based one was right. the inspiration. But we always knew there are other so, ways we, can, we can, you can twist this. you know. And, um, and I mean, I've got children who are now between the ages of eight and 12. They were a little bit younger at the time. And they were coming into using all these apps that I'd rather they didn't, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, it's perhaps a bit late for the older one now. She's already on them all. Yeah. But the younger ones, the, the idea was there's a market there for people who are perhaps a bit older than the people, um, than the children Colleen's talking to, and that they've already started using. Sure. these smartphones yep. but let's try and let them use it in a safe way where they're not getting contacted by strangers so how how how
0: is the registration control because that that could be a, a way how would that work um,
3: um well so for, for the corporate one obviously the corporate sets up all yep. the users they require and they'll invite people to join or and it automatically creates users as it goes so if you email someone email a client it just sets them as a user automatically okay. and yep. they can carry on um synced up again similar sort of thing you sign up and synced up and you send an email to your friend what happens is they can read that email without really ever signing up yep. and then as they start to send emails they get automatically signed up themselves mm-hmm. uh, and then on chat we have to have a control where the parents have to sign up first so we okay. we take the parents credit card details so we've got an audit trail of who's actually setting up these users yep and then they can set up the users and then okay. the second step which obviously makes it more difficult to use but keeps it safe is that those users then have to invite their friends, yep. and their friends have to invite them before yes. they can actually make contact. So there's like a dual, two-way sort of thing. Yes, exactly. And no one knows the other person's invited them either, interestingly, because right, okay. we can't be sending out invites from random strangers. No.
1: <laughs> and and, and um, it, does it require any uh, any software to be downloaded onto device or app, or is it all but cloud-based? So all
3: this stuff works through any browser on any device, and we also have apps mm. for all the smartphones and tablets so you can use it anywhere you want really but I mean importantly for Quorum you can use it out of any email account you just click on the link and away you go.
0: So how um what's the advantages for a company?
3: Well so for I mean for companies the 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 main issue here is data protection and particularly companies that are dealing with sensitive data financial services or social care services health services those sort of things and it's important that they're not sending that data all around the world and it's being protected properly and unfortunately the way webmail works when you send an email out there it's copied across the internet and it's sold and it's used and it's hacked or whatever I mean it's out of your control Um, and I mean a a lot of companies are arguably breaching sort of current data protection rules and the data protection rules themselves are being tightened next year with GDPR, the European Directive coming in in May next year. So we're starting to see more and more companies actually worry about this. I mean. I don't think GDPR really changes the rules, but it does It does increase the onus on companies to report breaches and to pay fines. I
0: mean, there's lots of noise about GDPR, isn't yeah. there? and there's lots of people seem to be concerned about what it actually means to them as a company.
3: Yeah, so I think, I think for, for a small company, I think the, the main issue is that they've just got to make sure they've got the house in order, right. um, in that small companies are not normally selling user data or doing anything particularly against those interests of their customers. Um, But then on the other hand, when they're actually sent communicating with their customer, and customers these days want emails rather than letters because it's more convenient, this is where we think they've got one particular problem that they do need to solve, which is why we think Quorum's a good fit for that.
0: And is it GDPR that means you've got to automatically transfer data to somebody else if requested? Is that that one or is that something else?
3: Yeah, so you, if the if the um, customer requests all their information, you have to make it available to them right. in a very short period of time mm. as well. And you've got yeah. to be able to do that in a safe way, of course, as well. And, of course, that can be quite difficult for companies. Can it? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, the thing is for a small company, it should be okay if you're yeah. just running one business line. I mean, you should have your information in one place. It shouldn't be too bad. But obviously for the larger companies, particularly the big American internet companies, sure. they're going to have a major problem, yeah. obviously.
1: And, and from your from what your experience, what you're seeing, do you think companies are, enough companies are taking it seriously and starting to make the changes now, or is it sort of lagging behind a bit?
3: I, I think uh, I think they're lagging behind a bit in Europe. I think the US companies, interestingly, are further ahead, even though it doesn't, well, it does apply to them, mm. because it applies to anyone who has an EU citizen as a customer. But I think the US companies are further down the line, Yeah.
0: Yeah no it's interesting so um advantages as a business you know you get a very secure link between you and your clients or customers which really really helps and then obviously we've got the second element which is the sort of family bit yeah 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 what what drove you to go there you knew you were always going to set that up yeah
3: yeah we always well as i say we've got kids i've got kids that age um our co-founders my co-founders have kids the same age and we had this we had this problem that they all wanted to go on things like snapchat and yeah. what have you and we weren't comfortable with this um and it was well what can we do about this is there something we can do and it was it was it was obvious particularly because the product began as a video based product so the yeah. the children's version still has video in it it's oh, much it? more fun to use than right, the, okay. the corporate product yeah. um because obviously you know kids like that stuff whereas companies don't unfortunately no, no. so um yeah so we all, I think from the start we always thought it was there, and it's just been a matter of how to actually get that product into the hands of the parents and the children,
0: really. Yeah. So, and so you're on that journey at the moment in terms of yes. marketing. So.
3: Yeah. So we've had it. We've had pilots running in schools for about a year, actually. Okay. So we went to various different sorts of schools across the country, and the schools all loved it, and the parents loved it, and the kids loved it. Yep. Um, the one issue we found though is that if we get the school to give it, to pay for it, or to give it to the children, then the school's taking on responsibility for right, liability, yes, if yes. something happened right. on it. Okay. Now, obviously, it's making things safer, but that's you know, mm-hmm. unfortunately, the way of the world. They'll get blamed. So we're um, we're now re-presenting the product, and we're going to ha- we're going to get the schools to help us sell the product to their parents. Okay. So we're basically going to relaunch the product with that, or full launch the product, I should say, start of September when everyone's back at school. Because a lot of schools
0: now run an online learning system where yeah. students log in, they can get work or you know download yes. resources or whatever else. Again, that's not as secure as it
3: should be then. Probably not, no. no. But, I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we can't solve every problem No, no, once, no, 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 your, but yours you're right. could
0: be a good way to get secure communication between yeah. pupil and teacher.
3: It could be. I mean, we're particularly targeting it at pupil to pupil. Yeah. You know, uh, trying to get the children off apps they're not meant to be on until mm-hmm. they're 13. Obviously, probably ought not be on anyway. No. You know? So, yeah. yeah. And yeah, it, and
1: it must have been quite difficult to, you know, go from the, the, business, um, the business of... Um, version, you know, the, the UI for that, um, to then designing it then for children to use, the sort of requirements of what the children are wanting from it
3: must have been quite different. There is a difference, yes, yeah. and that is a challenge <laughs> for us in that the children's UI is arguably not exciting enough. However, having said that, it's it looks like a proper app. It looks like mm. an adult app rather than something that's designed for kids. Okay. So it's not got you know, pictures of dinosaurs or anything on it. You know, it's just, (laughs) it works like a normal chat app. So, yeah. So, you know, yeah. So we're sort of, we're, we're respecting the kids in a sense by offering them something that, you know, is available for grownups. It's not maybe.
7: Yeah. yeah.
3: So
0: what's the, what's the, probably the the biggest thing you've learned over the last two years in terms of marketing and promotion (laughs) other than just keep going. What would you, what, what, what advice would you give? What advice would
3: I give? I mean, it's been, it's been a long journey. We've changed, um, I mean, we were too far ahead of our time, to be honest, yeah. when we started, um, which is a good thing, I guess, because it still means we've still got chance it's for our product right the now. the market, yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, but, yeah, the product, our first product was too ambitious in the sense that in, even though we could deliver the product, the market wasn't ready for it. So, too much, know, what, it, in terms of functionality? In terms of functionality, yeah. yeah. In our particular case, it was video functionality where right. it led to legal and compliance problems, basically. Like, do we record the conversation? Do yes. You know, what happens yeah. if someone walks in the background? All this sort of stuff. Right. And, um yeah, we were too far ahead of the game there. So I think if we'd spent more time at the start, we could have simplified what we did, reduced the workload by a large amount yeah, and, yeah, and avoided yeah, wasting some lots of, the of time. Some of the difficulties, yeah. yeah. Right.
0: And have you developed it in-house yourself, software-wise, or have you outsourced that?
3: So we've done all the all the back-end database works all done in-house because right. obviously we want to make sure that's totally secure. And then we've used um, contractors or companies we know to do the various front-end bits. So yeah. various bits are contracted out, but we only ever contracted out the front end stuff. so you, so the, the main front.
0: secure bit you've done yourself yeah. so yeah. You, you know what's in there and what's yeah, there's no absolutely
1: yeah even we can't be no, yeah. no <laughs> exactly, exactly yeah. right yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah
1: yeah i was just wondering in terms of the gdpr um recently the the uk government has made some you know um, statements about um, for national security being able to get you know have a backdoor into the likes of you know whatsapp and things like that which has end to end encryption yeah H- how does that work under the the you know these new legislations that the eu legislations that's coming in
3: right i mean i think what we're seeing is an evolution here from where there's a conversation that's been quite limited and almost black and white mm. either something's encrypted end to end or the government has total access to it and i think the truth is that gdpr's progress in the sense of actually imposing an appropriate level of privacy onto users of the internet mm-hmm. so that people can have their data protected and kept private you know but in a reasonable way so obviously like in normal life we expect privacy until we do something really bad and then the police are allowed to come in and search our house and i think the same thing has to apply online so i think a lot of the conversations we've seen for the last few years around privacy and encryption have been almost a reflection of a sort of the naivety of the way the internet's set up and i think gdpr and people becoming more aware of privacy and the importance of actually protecting their own data um, is where we're going to you know, sort of pro, it's part of a, a sort of wave we're going to see over the next few years, and hopefully we'll end up with something that's a little bit more sensible, a little bit more nuanced, hmm. where we can all get the right level of protection.
0: So, how have you how have you funded
3: um, the development so far? Um, so we've funded through. To be honest, we've got a reasonable wet network of um, of investors through working in the finance industry to begin with. So it's all so, funded yeah, so through you, sort of you know yeah. friends of friends and things like okay. that. So far, because Colleen, you're
0: just about to go on a funding raise raising round, aren't you?
2: Yes, that's right. I'm uh, starting my crowdfunding campaign on CrowdCube right uh, at the end of this week.
0: And how difficult has that been? Challenging?
2: It's been all right. Um, it's taken a while because um, there's a lot of there's a whole due diligence process. Sure. Um, and CrowdCube are very very good at that. And so, um, but yeah, other other than that, it's just stretching my time. You know, a crowdfunding campaign is basically a full time job in itself. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah, the exactly. difficulty of it.
0: And that uh, having investors adds a new dimension as well, doesn't it?
3: Well, it does indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I mean, we've had a look at. I, I, I hear what you're saying about it taking time, later, the crowdfunding, because that's always been an option available to us, but we keep putting it off the investment of time really yeah i mean you've got
0: to prepare quite a lot of documentation yeah. to support your your actual funding uh, round haven't you
2: yeah and it's, it's the documentation part is actually the easy bit it's right. actually getting you know getting people aware that the crowdfunding campaign is coming yeah. and, you know to build the excitement mm. to get the pr out there
0: mm-hmm. yeah because a lot of companies will use their users yeah. Uh, yeah existing users as a way to contact them say would you like to invest in the company you know, that's that's one way we see people doing that, don't we? Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. But, but yeah. Uh, it can still be very, very hard. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck with that. You say it's launched this, next week?
2: No, next it'll week? be launching the end of this week. End of this yeah, week. Yeah, Thursday so. or Friday, actually. Still finalizing everything, but it'll be this Thursday or Friday.
0: Oh, fantastic. Well, I, I wish, I hope everything goes well. Thank you so much. And um, what about next for your company, Andrew? What, where are you focusing
3: well, so we're, we're I mean, quorum has been out there and we've had paying customers for about a year now, but we're, we're really starting to gear it up. So we're just going to go with more publicity, basically. And then we're, and then we're fully launching the, the, the personal app and the children's app uh, over the summer. Right. And then I think we'll just be out there trying to see how far we can get to. And will you be going to any
0: shows, any uh, ex- expos or anything?
3: Yeah, we've not planned. We have been to shows in the past. We're still right. working out what to do. To be honest, we've had mixed um, mixed results from shows, should I say? Yeah. Well, you, Colleen,
0: you do quite a few, don't you? Which are shows, or you do a few shows or
2: ex- expos? But like Andrew, I mean, I have mixed feelings about them as well. They're it's extremely time consuming. Yeah. And um, just uh, just the sheer time of having to be there for a few days mm-hmm. you know takes away from you know the sales and customer service that i have to do generally yeah um and so and the cost of actually attending a show as well
0: it's that they know. aren't cheap they are, they? are not no. cheap and in fact some of the it shows or tech shows mm. are some of the most costly out there actually i don't know yeah. if you found that yeah no so, definitely yeah. <laughs> yeah well done so, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's good to good to talk about that and security. Yeah, it's
1: important. So, um,
3: Andrew, where can people find out more? Uh, www.stayprivate.com. That's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's great. Well, um, that's nearly the
0: end of the show. So, yeah, I think we we've just about covered quite a lot about safety, quite a lot about security. Um, great to hear about the watch. I think the gaiters are really good really good idea and i wish you all the best with that thank you and also the the safety side of 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 being online is really important isn't it so great to hear about that yeah and yeah that's it for the show dan it's brilliant so and um thank you ever so much for joining us and we'll see you again Thank thank you thank you thank you thank you